Hi, I'm Jeff Miller. And I'm Anthony Navarro, and welcome to Talk Out Loud, where LGBTQIA people proudly share their stories. On this episode of Talk Out Loud, we're joined by Sophie Santos. Sophie is a TV writer and comedian behind The Lesbian Agenda Show. Today, we're diving into her hilarious and heartfelt memoir, The One You Want to Marry and Other Identities I've Had. Sophie is the only child of a perpetually transferring Filipino-Spanish U.S. Army officer and a Spitfire nurse. She spent her early years starting over and over and over again and accumulating her fair share of anxieties. This led to her creating a life that she realized was not the one she truly wanted. In her memoir, she shares how she found her way while using her brilliant wit and remarkable sense of humor. Let's hear Sophie's story. Anthony and I are so excited to have uh, Sophie Santos here with us today for Talk Out Loud. You all are in for a treat. She has got a memoir coming out that we're going to talk about a little bit. Just really resonate with, with a lot of the work you're doing as an actor, comedian, singer. I mean, just so many talents you have. So welcome to Talk Out Loud. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I haven't had the singer uh, label yet, so... That was huge for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> so we, I, I, a, couple, a couple a while ago, when, when we connected virtually with with some of your people, there uh, was some just some stuff that you sort of put on Instagram with some of your the work you've been doing, where with your writing and singing. And I was like, Anthony, you got to check this out. And, and I just want to pause for a second because those that are listening can't see us. So the longer that Anthony and I have been together, the more and more we've. I don't know why or how we've developed this like boyfriend twin doppelganger thing. And it's not, I don't know what happened. I don't know if we wear the same clothes or the same hairstylist or what, but it, we, all of a sudden we look more like brothers than my, my brother and myself do. So here we are, whether that's narcissistic or what, you know, a cruel plank from the universe. But you have a, a bit that you did on doppelgangers that I lost my shit on. Excuse my language. <laughs> no. Um, well, I didn't want to point it out because I, you know, we just met, but, um, but thank you actually for pointing it out. Um, and I'm glad that we're all comfortable enough to talk about it. Yeah. I, um, I have a song that I wrote that's like kind of like in the vibe of delicate by Taylor Swift. And that was like the inspiration as far as the beat meets like Maggie Rogers. I yes. was just, I was like, because that's basically how I communicate with my uh, my producer James Harvey, who's very talented. And I do know music, but I like don't know how to play the piano or how to do like EDM beats or anything. So I'm always just like, okay, so we're gonna sing about doppelgangers, and it's gonna be delicate meets Alaska. And he's like, oh, I got it. <laughs> I'm like, great. Cool. Um, glad that you do because I feel like most people would be like, uh, pay me a thousand dollars because that's insane. Um, <laughs> but it was something that I was noticing. Just yeah, and it wasn't. It's not just like gay couples, queer couples, lesbians. It's like straight couples as well. And I was like, oh, I just have to call this out. And the song is basically about me falling in love with someone who looks like me. And I've been doing this song for, I think, two years now, but I I don't know why. I just never really circulated it that much. And I did record it in a studio. I am going to be dropping it soon. Yes. Um, hoping to get a music video together and um, really trying to make my comedy music a priority now that the now that the book is done and, and coming out. Yeah. So, th- you, so you just said the book is done. When did you start writing the book? Uh, two years ago. 
And just just for for those uh, listening, it's a it's a memoir. So we get to to go on this wonderful journey with you in life. And I naturally, we, both Anthony and myself, I found feeling like rooting from the sidelines for, for you in life. Um, oh, thank you. And you're welcome. And and I really appreciate just uh, the humor, vulnerability, and authenticity um, that you put out there with it. Because it just it it right away. For, usually, sometimes for some um, things, it takes me a couple chapters. I was in from like the first page. Like I just was, we were both like on the ride with you. What was the experience like writing the book? Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so true. (laughs) Worst years of my life. Um, No, it was, um, (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, peaks and valleys, right? Like it was, it was awesome. I mean, I was just so grateful to have the opportunity. A lot of people don't, no. I mean, I talk about it in the acknowledgements, but like I hadn't really sought, I, well, I had not sought out to write a book. I'm a comedian and I'm a TV writer and, you know, I've written stuff, uh, satire for McSweeney's, you know, and I write satire and I host a satirical comedy show, but I never really thought about like writing my life down. I'm also like, you know, not 70. <laughs> you know what do you think about <laughs> memoirs? Um but I was doing stand-up at a comedy show and an editor was in the audience, was actually performing on the same show. It was like the craziest show. It was a hybrid show called Poetry Slash Cabaret. And yet I was also there doing comedy. So that's a story for a different day. But she was just like, I really like your stuff. Let me know if you want to write a book sometime. Hmm. And handed me her card, which is like such a Cinderella moment, which like never happens to me. Hmm. I don't, I was like, this. these things don't happen. And the person who I was with, who I cared about very much was like, so you're you're gonna like actually reach out? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna reach out. Like what? And she was like, what are you gonna write about? And I was like, we'll figure it out, you know. <laughs> um, and so I just took like a meeting, and then it just and then it, you know, took about six months, and it finally happened. So all to say is I wasn't necessarily planning on it, and but then the editor who I, I hate to say discovered me because that sounds like so. Mariah Carey, but like, um, <laughs> but who who liked my comedy? Um, after like the deal was done, the contract was signed. She was like, "So Sophie, you know that like you're writing a book, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, I know." <laughs> and she was like, "No, but I just like really want you to understand, like you're writing a book, and you're gonna have to like really kind of go there. I know you're a comedian, but you're gonna still have to be vulnerable." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm writing a book." I'm putting words on a page and it just didn't really ever hit me. And I think that was good. But then, but then, yeah, it was like, oh shit, where do I start? Yeah. Like where, where do I even, like, (laughs) do I even begin? Which tip for anyone who wants to write a book or has ever, or wants to write another book, or I don't know, or who who cares about tips for me uh, is, you know, you never really start from the beginning. You know, it's just like, think about something that you like really want to talk about and talk about it. And, I remembered like the summer that I realized I was a lesbian, which I knew, even though it wasn't just a coming out story, it's a coming of age story. I knew that that's like definitely like the one of the major three turning points of the whole thing. Um, turning points if we're into acting and <laughs> plays. Um, <laughs> and so I knew that was something I really, A, was very, had a vivid memory about and I could be very detailed about. And I knew that that was just something that would excite me to write about. And also Mm -hmm. because it was a really funny story, but also like, you know, a very compelling and vulnerable story. And, and I started there and then Mm -hmm. I started to piece it together, but yeah. And then you just, 
And then you, and then it's like a chart, you know, and then you're just kind of like, you know, moving all these puzzle pieces around. And I had a great, you know, editorial team that helped me and, you know, definitely didn't do this by myself. Um, but that's, that's kind of how it all got, got started. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, I love that. Thank you for walking through all that because Anthony and I live in, back and forth between Chicago and LA and the more I've gotten involved with stuff with production and stuff like that to understanding that how much there's a team of things that comes together with, with the team building that takes place in, in writing theater and in, in anything. When we're, it doesn't matter even if it's in the arts, when, like in whatever you're doing in life, that there's usually like other ants on the hill that are coming together, helping to build the thing. Mind you, you have this talent, this gift as an artist where you're able to really pull out the, the vivid, you, in your book, you can visualize your childhood. And I mean, I think you're a little bit younger than myself and Anthony, but there's so much pop culture references and stuff that were like, you know, things that I bounced off that I identified with as growing up in the 90s and the 2000s. And also then self-realization about like, oh, wait, like, you know, specifically talking about, you know, with there's a part in your book where you talk about there was some Disney characters, like some of the Disney boys that you yeah. uh, that you identified with. And, and you make this point, you say, it's not so much because they were pubescent at the time. So there was no facial hair. The, your, your voice was about the same as theirs. So it wasn't so much that you wanted to date them. You wanted to be like them. That's who you were identifying at that age was the thing that was like the placeholder for you to see yourself. One more thing then. And in this book, in the beginning, you talk about you're creating this book because this is what you wish would have been there for you when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. So as a creative in this whole experience, what has it felt like being able to put that out there to share with, with other young women or, or even older housewives that maybe not know that they're a lesbian? Well, first of all, I'm glad that you got the Disney Channel references. Um, there's a lot of like rocket power. Like I definitely identified with a car- cartoons. <laughs> I definitely dressed like a cartoon, which I go into detail of. And, you know, loved all those Disney Channel original movies. Um, so shout out to like Max Keeble. Uh, and the actor, wherever, whatever he's doing these days, because that was transformative for me. But yeah, I mean, I, as far as like wanting this, I guess, to be the book that I never had, you know, I just wish I would have had something that could have, I don't know. I just wish there was more, there was more, you know, lesbian content growing up, you know? Um, I mean, there wasn't even that much gay content as well, if we're thinking about, you know, specifically for gay men, but like, it definitely, even when the pendulum started swinging, it was still, you know, I think for whatever reason, Hollywood felt safer with, with gay men and having that representation. And we, and I think it's because people are so, people up, I feel like up until literally this year, because there has been a lot of queer content for, for women, we're just like so confused what lesbians are. Like they thought like lesbians were like just Ellen Mm -hmm. and just Rosie O'Donnell. And they were like, those are, that's it right? You know, it's just like that, you know, representation is, that is it. And while, yes, there are lesbians who, you know, look like that or, you know, kind of identify in that sort of sense, there's so many types of lesbians, so many types of queer women. And because I didn't have that, I do think that was a major reason why I didn't realize I was gay. I mean, I was already a late bloomer. Like I do discuss that I've lived in, lived in Santa Claus until I was 13 and like <laughs> actively <laughs> like, and maybe waiting. still <laughs> waiting and maybe still do, but you know, I didn't want to at least, I didn't want to admit that or people would have stopped after the preface. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But I do think that at least it would have helped if there would have been someone that like looked like me or that like even my mom, like I talk about how my mom had like lesbian friends. I call them the Key West lesbians because they all had like a timeshare in Key West. <laughs> and they they were, you know, of the same sort of thing. You know, they all looked yeah. like Ellen, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, yeah. well, then that's not me. And also I didn't realize that these intense friendships that I was having with these with these girls growing up were, were not just friendships on my side. And so it really is just like cathartic to have something out there that like I'm proud of, but also like hopefully could be for someone that didn't, that either doesn't know or didn't get to have that experience. And now they can at least live and, and have that experience now, even if they're fully out and yeah. proud and yeah. living I, their life. It, and honestly, to me, which, which has, I don't know if it surprised me, but being a gay person myself, but there were so many things with, I guess maybe because we moved around a lot growing up as a kid, you have, you have an experience of Filipino background uh, on your, on your father's side and also Spanish. So you bring some of that to it that I, that has not been my experience, but I was, there were so many things with, with moving and, and desire for connection with other people and loneliness mm-hmm. that I think that anyone can identify with and the way that you, you're able to write about it and talk about it, that it, it just was like, oh, like you taught me things about myself throughout reading the memoir mm. that I was just like, oh, wow, like this is really helpful. But yet, and it's also interesting. And, and it's, and it's, uh, and you have the, the gift of having comedy to it as well, too. So when it gets sometimes a little, there's like this, this laugh. It's just like, ah, you know, we can laugh at ourselves or life and, you know, and learn from each other. I know Anthony has a Wizard of Oz has always been, has always been influential <laughs> to Anthony. Um, so I know, Anthony, you, you were, I think you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Well, you talk about the movie The Wizard of Oz uh, in the book and how Dorothy was sort of this like hero sort of, you know, person for you where Mm -hmm. um, it like Oz represented like a place where you can go and like forget your reality or escape from your world or escape from your reality. And I think, you know, listening to you talk about the process of going through and writing the book and all of that, uh, you know, my, my question is, do you feel that in tackling like some of the stuff that you've had to like go back and revisit and relearn, you know, do you feel like you found, did you find out anything about yourself where maybe like you, you like escaped from your reality and didn't deal with any of those things from your childhood or from growing up? Yeah. I mean, before I answer that, I do want to just say really quickly that we do need to let everyone know that in daycare, I dressed as Dorothy. (laughs) I had a handmade costume made by my uh, grandmother, Grandma Sally, and I wore it every day for about, I think I say two months in the book, but about a year. (laughs) And my mom had to wash it, throw it in the wash every day. And my dad literally... And he's a very stoic man, um, you know, and keeps his emotions to himself like most fathers. Um, Mm -hmm. But he at one point was like very concerned and he was like, maybe something's wrong with her. And my mom, (laughs) who was like, this is just like, you know, crass Southern Belle woman was just like, I mean, if, if she's still wearing it down the aisle, then her husband can deal with it, <laughs> which I just love. I love, you know, and now I'm like, well, no, now, now my future wife's going to have to deal with it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. well, in your, in your I don't think we've mentioned this yet. Your father was a, was a Lieutenant Colonel or yeah, Lieutenant yeah. Colonel. Yeah. Right. So there was uniforms in your family. It was just your uniform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I should have, should have put that in there. It was just my uniform, Dad. Yeah, come on, Duh. <laughs> Duh. I'm just like trying to be like you, Dad. I just want you to see me, Dad. 
<laughs> I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but um, <laughs> I love you. Um, but as far as like, yeah, I mean, figuring out like, I guess, you know, following that yellow brick road to myself and in and, and self-actualization realizations and stuff. Yeah. I mean, something big, something major is like, I literally got diagnosed with OCD while I was writing the book. Mm. I like realized I had OCD mm. while I was writing the book, which is pretty huge. Yeah. Well, yeah. can, can, so just, so, you know, people use that word often, I feel like. What is OCD, for, for you, if you mind, don't mind talking about it, what is, what is your experience of OCD? So OCD, I think a lot of people think that it's just like checking the stove, you know, a bunch of times, um, which I do. Uh, I do less of now because I am, you know, medicated, um, which is which was a journey. And I was not sure if I wanted to get medicated while writing the book. And I was going back and forth with it and ultimately ended up getting medicated towards the end, which... I should have just listened to my psychiatrist and done it done it at the beginning because it would have been so much easier <laughs> to write the book. But for me, so in addition to that, it's like OCD thoughts, which I talk about in the book. Um, but basically, it's just like repetitive thoughts. Like, for example, I'm watching a movie and I'm like, oh, I like this movie. I hope I don't ruin it by talking in my head. And I'm this is me thinking. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say it again. And then for me, it was like my number was three for whatever reason. I don't know how I came up with that number because in sports, my number was 11, which maybe that's why I wasn't good at sports because it wasn't in rules of three. But, um, but yeah, so I'm like, so like, I'm like in my head and I'm like, Oh, I hope that, you know, I don't ruin this or whatever I said. I hope I don't ruin this by talking in my head. And then I have to say it three times. But while I say it three times, I have to think of a good thought and a good thought could be anything of like my mom picking me up from, you know, school or, you know, Kate Hudson holding the love fern, which is a really happy thought. And, but then as I'm thinking these things, if a bad thought comes in, which the whole reason why I would do these things was because I didn't want Mm -hmm. my mom to die. Cause Mm -hmm. I thought if I did all these things in my head that this would save my mom from, from dying, you know, that Mm -hmm. day or, you know, in the future. And just to, to, to the pause for a second, your mom was a very was was your everything. I would don't yeah. talk about in the book, and so that's and you also moved around a lot too. So she was your consistent, your you solid, the the one yeah. thing that wasn't changing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we were so close, and you know, her potentially passing away was like so I couldn't even imagine that. And so I was like trying to save her through these through these um, repetitive thoughts, and then sometimes to really spice it up, I would like hold my breath as I did it. And then, so we, oh, go ahead. When, sorry. Sorry. No, when, when did this, so I'm just curious. So this, this thought of your, of your, of your mom dying, when did yeah. that, was there, do you think about, I mean, you talk about in the book about your first panic attack mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in the noise and everything. Was, was it the, the thought that there was a gunshot or something like that? What, what was it that entered that, you know, the original? The, well, so yeah, the panic attacks were different. Um, than this. And the first panic attack that I had, I was like six or seven. Um, and that, yeah, it felt like I was like underwater, you know, it's kind of like when you're watching a war movie and there's like a bomb that goes off and the soldiers like crawling and then you, and they make that noise of the, uh, yeah, like a gunshot has gone off. That's what I would hear. But as far as this, it just could kind of come on at all moments. And I think Mm -hmm. I really started doing it when I was probably 10 or 11. Mm. And the first time I really remember doing it was when I was watching Harry Potter, which me using this as an example was me pulling, you know, I would be like, 
I don't want to ruin this movie. I want to enjoy this movie. And then I would do that so many times, but then by the time I was done, like, you know, three wouldn't be enough. So then I had to do it, you know, three more times and then three more times and three more times. And then it started to turn in into, well, you've already half the movies passed, but if you just stop talking in your head, you'll be able to enjoy it. And then the phrases is now changed. The phrase has now changed. And then it would be like 15 minutes before the movie was over. And it would just be so devastating to me. And I never, but I couldn't contextualize what that was. And also something to mention is like when I was doing these things and, you know, carried on doing these things and was like high, I would call myself high functioning, you know, I was with people. Mm. I would be holding my breath and people would have no idea. I'd be having a conversation. I remember like a couple years ago, I was like having a conversation with a friend and doing it, whatever was happening at the time, whatever I deemed to be, you know, the thing that I needed to obsess over in my head. And I would like be talking to them and holding my breath while I'm like eating. And I, I, and that's when, and then when it got really bad, like when I got like, then I started to get scared to like leave the house. And then I started to become agoraphobic. This is like pre pandemic. And, and when all those things started to happen, that's when I knew I was like, Oh, this is, this is now controlling my life. And we gotta, we gotta figure something out, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think uh, if there was more representation or more conversation around, you know, people who have OCD, that you would have been able to diagnose yourself or like understand what was going on like sooner? You mean the (laughs) the one episode with Lena Dunham with the um with the uh, Q tip wasn't enough? (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, you know, we're just now getting things like. You know, atypical obviously yeah. like was has been huge for that community. Uh, oh my God, what's the show? Oh God, the comedian. His name's Ryan. Is that oh, his name? Yeah. Um, uh, I feel so bad. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, yes, and he's awesome. disabled. Yeah, special, special. Oh, so, special. yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. like, that's really fucking fucking cool. Are we allowed yeah. to curse? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. When yeah. you need it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> I have two more chances. <laughs> so I gotta use them. I have to use them wisely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think representation would be great. I think talking about it. And I was, I was also really nervous to talk about it at the time because I didn't want to spiral personally. Mm-hmm. I, and I also didn't know if it made sense because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't really know how to make, make this make sense. I also yeah. am just now starting to be able to talk about it where it makes sense. And then I wrote it and one of my editors was like, no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And also I am so sorry. And I was just like, oh, but was it funny? and she's like yeah Sophie it's funny but can we just like be vulnerable for once and I was like okay fine yeah sure (laughs) oh yeah yeah. Oh, I just, I, I felt, I mean, just talking to you now for the first time in real life, but I fell in love with you in this book. I just, I will. And I just, I really, um, I'm excited to be able to share it with other people, honestly. Thank you so much. That no, means a lot. I, no, I really like, you know, we, Anthony, I've been doing this for a little while. And, and when we first started this, there was people that I knew that like in life that had helped me, that had wonderful stories over the years. And I've been privileged to, to travel to some different places and be involved in some amazing community things. And growing up in Indiana, I had starved for that. I didn't even know it exists. But um, I was like, you know what? Like when he and I started kicking around the idea for some things of talk out loud, I was like, we've got to share like deep. We got to put the stuff out there for, for everybody else to be able to benefit from this. And so now it's gotten to the point where sometimes now people reach out to us, people that I don't know. And yours came through and I was just like, this is just such a gift. Um, so first of all, thank you for, for writing this and, 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 um, and all that you've included in it. There's just so much about life in this book where you talk about, and part of it 
And actually, I just want to pause because there's parts of it where it's just like, you think, I'm thinking, oh, she's like 15, 18. No, and then you reference, oh, I'm seven years old. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I was like, she's seven. But, but then at the same time, I was like, because my dad had a corporate, we weren't military brats, but we were corporate, corporate transfer brats. So my, we would move every <laughs> couple of years. So I remember like hiding in the locker room or like the coat closet area before not wanting to go out, like, because I didn't know anybody. Um, yeah. And I was just so afraid. I was just so afraid. I would hold behind my mom like the way you do. But I believe in life that sometimes like challenges also give us benefits. And there's a part of the book where you talk about that you realize that, you know, if I screw up, we're going to be leaving in six months so I can get a do over. But you also yeah. talk about, which I think is really cool that you realize like you wanted to get to the chase because like surface conversation, you really want, you wanted to get to know somebody and build a relationship. So you would dive in deep. Did, was there a desire for connection that created that desire to, to, to dive in deep with people when you would move? What, what was that? Oh yeah, totally. And like, I, yeah, I mean, the whole philosophy was like sink or swim, you know, mm. and I had no choice but to swim. And I also have always been sort of type A and I'm a Taurus. So, uh, <laughs> and a Leo moon. This was resonating with anyone in an Aries rising. So, uh, and I've been told that my chart is the same as Barbara Streisand's. Oh! I know. Keep, keep, it all I makes know. sense. It all makes yeah. so it much makes sense. sense into everything. I will be in a star is born in five years. Yeah. I'll be in the queer version. Um, <laughs> so, but I definitely, yeah. So I've always been very outgoing and it was just like the way of life. Like it was yeah. just the way of life. Like we're going to move. And I took, I actually was like super excited about it. And I was really like, you know, you know, there was pushback at first, but then once we kind of started doing it, once I started rolling with the punches, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then, yeah, and then I had to be calculated. calculating. I was like, okay, well, I have to know Anna's like deepest, darkest secrets like now. And I know <laughs> I just met her today, you know, because like, I didn't know how much, how t- long I would have with her, with her. Right. And I also think that stemmed from me, like, you know, having these connections with these girls and I call them, you know, my female friendships and they have, I have like, dedicated one page chapters to my female friendships throughout adolescence. So it was part, yes, I need to connect as fast as I can because like, I don't really have an option and I need to know, you know, I need to catch up with my new friend, my new best friend. And also like, there was that element of, you know, the queerness of like also wanting to be around her, Mm -hmm. um, whoever it was, because I was like, you know, oh my God, this is, this is my new friend, even though it was like clearly like truly just a a crush, you know, but I just couldn't recognize that. So it was like two, it was two things for sure. You know, you talk early on in the book about people when you you meet them and then they come in and out of your life, specifically with your uh, nanny right in the beginning, right? And mm-hmm. then you kind of talk about this point where she transitions out of your life and you at a very young age come to this realization that like some people are just in your life for a season or they're just there for a little bit to teach you and then move on. And I think so many people... Like you know, I can be guilty of this sometimes where it's like you, you know, you find something good, whether it's, you know, a person, a house, a routine, a job, you know, whatever it is, and you just want to like sink your teeth into it, hold on to it for dear life to make sure that it 
doesn't, you don't let it go because that's like a really good thing in your life. Do you think your life experience, you know, growing up has really allowed you to, you know, flourish in your adult life now because you had these sort of, this sort of ever-changing childhood? Um, unfortunately, no, I'm still working on it. Um, I think. (laughs) Well, you fooled me. (laughs) I, I, um, yeah, I think I, I'm like, I, can I go back to being seven? It was a lot easier. (laughs) Um, and having these realizations. Yeah. You know, the process of like understanding, like, you know, that sometimes people come into your life for a specific amount of time and, you know, you change and you grow and that's what that is or, also knowing the difference between that or knowing just like, you know, time passing and then they come into your life again and you're both better people, you know. Mm-hmm. I think something that I am personally working on is just the act of like really letting go mm-hmm. and really just kind of like letting the universe kind of just like writing the universe because I think with the book, there's so much unknown that's going to happen yeah. career-wise, personally, you know, and I'm definitely in that sort of situation right now. And so I'm actually having to weirdly, it's weird that you spring this up because I'm having to kind of think about like little Sophie a lot mm. these days, you know, who I think is actually holding my hand right now. Mm. And it's just like, Hey, you know, it's okay. You got this. And then I also have to realize like when she tries to make decisions, I'm like, okay, you're like seven. You can't make the decisions. <laughs> you can comfort me. You can comfort me. But really trying to focus on remembering when I when I did kind of, you know, was a little bit more of a free spirit because I didn't have the weight of the world on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, you know, I am working on it. But it is, you know, it's it's such a it's a, such a such a big process. And uh, no, I'm not this hero. And it's just like, yep, I uh, <laughs> figured out when I was seven and now I don't give a shit. Ever. <laughs> uh, I'd love to be able to say that, but that's not, that wouldn't be accurate. That's it's funny. I have days where I'm like, I think I've got everything figured out. And then two days later, I'm like, what? I look at Anthony, I'm like, and he'll look at me. He's like, what's going on in the head? He's like, because when I know that something, you know, when you're in that space, that something is, uh, something's turning. Yeah. I, mean, I have learned though to just, you know, and I think it's just, if I, you've got a book that's coming out, there's a lot going on right now. And it's like, <laughs> you know, just to be like, put my hands up in the air to be able to be like the person who's on the roller coaster having fun instead of like this. I mean, we're looking 100%. at each other. I'm like clinching onto the rails if we were on a roller coaster right now. You said the weight of the world is on your shoulders right now and are carrying the weight of the world in your soldiers, maybe. And, and I sometimes have to realize it's like, wait a minute, because I, I feel like this is like, you don't, yeah. I don't, I never, the world's been around a lot longer than I ever have been. Yeah. And being able to just like take that off and just being able to, that balance of being able to be that kid in the sandbox who was seven years old, still having fun, but understanding the fact that I have dogs that have to be fed, I've got bills that have to be paid. But I'm trying to be cognizant, I'm sorry, I'm just like kind of on a tangent here. It's like, I'm trying to be cognizant though of what positions that I am putting myself in because life goes by so fast. I want yeah. to be able to have fun and, and, and not miss out on the good stuff. Totally. Because it's like, you know, I think focusing on just being free, you know, and being light. And that's something I've been really focusing on, um, especially over the past couple of months, because, you know, I am such a control freak mm. internally. And just being like, you know, like, like, I don't want to look back, you know, six months from now, 10 years from now and be like, I didn't, I didn't enjoy, I was so worried about the outcome that I didn't even get to enjoy the book and coming out or being on, you know, your podcast or like, you know, so I'm really trying to just like be, yeah, hands up in the air 
you know, and we're going under, we're doing loops. We're doing, we're doing twists <laughs> and turns and I'm just like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's, and then let's go again. Don't, I'm not getting off. I'm not getting <laughs> off the roller coaster. I'm going to be that annoying person. And then the, they're I, like, no, you, you have to get to the back of the line. I'm like, yeah. well, all right. <laughs> no, no, okay. it's, it's, it's a Tuesday in the fall and there's no one else here and we're getting that kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. That's actually, yeah, it's accurate. I'm just like, and I'm going to tell you, sir, that <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, this is a metaphor for for me right now. So please, for the love of God, do not make me get off this roller coaster. Yeah. There is a, a part in the book when you going back to the Disney characters, and I think Max Keeble was one of the ones who influenced you. And you mm-hmm. talk about how Max had this, this smart, dry, person, witty personality, which you identified with that you also have, at least at that age. Um, and then not said, anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Thank no, no, you. No. Thank you. you. I got you, 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 the, the wit's still there. So, okay. All right, cool. But, but, <laughs> well, but you the, said it wasn't, so that's fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, but, but you also said, <laughs> Lord, just take it off I the rails here for a second. No, I love it. I love it. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very, oh, I told you God. I'm a free, I'm a free spirit. You know, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen next, you know? Um, <laughs> so please, please ask me the question. I, I am so sorry for interrupting. You. no, not at all. Thanks for the laughs. Um, you talk about though the the, the, the resounding thing that you that, that comes out is that you say he has confidence. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what what does confidence mean to you? And, and where do you get it from? Oh my god! Um, oh god, I've never actually been asked this question. Like, where does the confidence come from? I mean, I think now it's just like really knowing who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think what I thought was confidence back in the day was false confidence. Well, well, it was. And it was just me trying to fit in. That's, you know, what the whole book is about. Me trying on these different identities. Me, you know, really trying to fit into certain groups to find myself until I finally, like, really had to look within and really dig through the shit. Mm. And... Once I was able, I think once I became, once I not became gay, once I realized I was gay, that was a huge, that was huge for me. But then, you know, I have missed, I had some pretty big mistakes along the way when I first came out, which we, you know, I talk about in the book. And then it was finally like, once I found the stillness, once I found just being like, you know what I mean? Like once I kind of just was like, oh, the noise is no longer there. I'm no longer trying hard anymore. I just like, like, I like who I am now. Mm-hmm. I've done the work. I'm continuing to do the work. It's, you know, it's, I'm not perfect. And then that's when the confidence started to shine. Mm-hmm. And then I started to feel like, you know, now I can be 110% me. And then, you know, obviously finding love in my career, finding finding a career that I loved, do, getting to be able to do that, finding joy in it, you know, finding clothes that I really identified with, which took a long time and feeling like, you know, the feeling confident in my own shoes. I mean, it was just, it was such a, it was such a journey, but just like finally being like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is me now. So now I can really just be yeah, be myself, but it really kind of, it was, it was a very long period of time and it, it really took me looking inward for years. You know, for totally resonating with everything you're saying right now and just thinking about like, you know, my journey and discovering who I am and, you know, finding my own confidence. It's almost like until you can nail that, like, 
oh, this is who I am. And this is, I feel comfortable in my skin with who I am and how I am. And I'm not worried about any outside, you know, influence or any outside source. It's yeah. almost like as soon as that happens, things like all of a sudden start to happen around you. Like the career sort of shifts, the people that come into your life shift, the relationship, all of a sudden the right relationship shows up, uh, romantic and friendship and, you know, otherwise. So I think as soon as you said that, I was I just sort of thought back, you know, for myself and I kind of see where that happens. That doesn't mean like the work, you can't keep putting the work in because you're going to keep right. growing and evolving and things are going to change. But it's, I've never really quite thought about it that way. It's like until you can get quiet enough on the inside and just be like comfortable with who you are and understand who you are, it's like as soon as that happens, the whole world almost like wakes up and and greets you and is like, okay, here we go. Let's we're going to take you on the journey that you're supposed to be on. So I think that's uh, uh, an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, so thank totally. you for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Joey Soloway writes in the beginning of your book uh, about cultivating the life that you want to have. Mm -hmm. and, and I love the word cultivating. Um, I was on a farm for a while and um, they had an old, like 1957 uh, Alice Chambers cultivator. And I didn't know what? how to use wait, a wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I'm, yeah. I wasn't on a farm. <laughs> what, what's a it's 1980s a yeah. cultivator? It's, it's a tractor. It's a tractor, right? So okay. well, so I okay. also didn't All know right. what was going on, but I didn't want to call it out just no, yet. No, I'm glad that's you what did. I'm here for. <laughs> so so, so in, in the midst of whatever, but I ended up on this farm after working in the fashion industry for, for years in Chicago, in Miami. I walk into this barn, right? And there's like these four or five tractors, right? And to me, they all look the same. But there was but my friend who owned the farm who taught me how to farm. He taught me that the one specifically was a cultivator and that cultivator was used for our melon field, for the sweet corn, that it would actually, it would, you'd straddle. It was the weirdest thing. It was like quite a beautiful machine. You would straddle over the row and you would raise it up so it'd be high enough to go over the corn. And it had these discs that would actually then raise up the weeds and throw them out of the way mm -hmm. so they wouldn't, you know, choke out the, the seed. And then, so that's what cultivating is. That's what the cultivator does. And Joey talks about in the intro to the book about for such a long time, you were you were cultivating a life for what other people wanted. But back to that confidence, once you figured out who part of who you're being was, the core of who you are, you started trusting that voice of what was there the whole time. You can see it throughout the story. But then once you give it the power, that truth that comes out, that's where it takes, like things take off. And I think yeah. every, all of us are just trying to figure, you know, but we all have that. We all have the answer inside of us. Yeah. And, that which is goes, why, yeah. Sorry, right. which goes back to the Wizard of Oz and what, <laughs> you know, Glinda always says is you always had the power inside of you, which yeah. again, like that life, that lesson, you know, from that movie just resonates with, you know, people all over the world. That's why people still watch it today. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I was just like, so Joey is the um, editor-in-chief of the imprint that I'm a part of, which is called Topple Books, which is under Amazon Publishing. And their whole initiative was to create an imprint for marginalized voices, specifically queer and people of color. You know, even though I knew that I was a part of their imprint and it was like, that was, I mean, huge when that when I first got the 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 yes that like Joey Soloway says yes we're we're going forward like that was a huge moment but then to read the introduction was a whole other level and I got it just like in a random draft like we were just like finishing up the book and like one of the editors was like sent me the, a draft and just said hey just take a look at some of these things and I saw that I just like saw it they didn't mention that they had written the intro mm. and I was like 
I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I like genuinely, I was like, oh my God, it happened. Like I knew they were going to write an intro, but I also wasn't like sure like what it would be. I didn't know when it would be. And then for it to be the intro that it was, was just mind blowing. Mm. So I have to say that. So thanks to Joey for, you know, just wow. being so nice. <laughs> but but here's the thing, Sophie, I've read your book and it's, it's your book. So thank well, you, you know? Oh. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. But you, yeah. but back to tractors. Um, <laughs> glad that we figured out that it's a tractor. Yeah, yeah um, me too. So, yeah. Well, Sophie, your book comes out this week, October 1st. Everyone can can read the intro and the whole book and uh and just uh get to know you and, and get to know and honestly, the thing is you're going to get to know yourself better by reading Sophie's book, I promise you. Yep. So, thank yeah. you. Did you thank want me to answer the tractor question? Go ahead. <laughs> I've almost forgotten it now about like me cultivating the life that yeah, I wanted. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What was the question again? Ask me again. <laughs> I just got so focused on like what this tractor looked like, but no, I do want to answer your question. So, just about uh, once you became clear of, of who you are, noticing how you started then cultivating, cultivating from within instead of whatever other people wanted you to be mm. or fit like. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's when it all started to click. You know, like you said, that's literally when I was like, oh, this is what I, this is how I am. And it wasn't just like my queerness. It was just like how I walk through life, like what I liked to do, like what I liked. And, and, and I really honestly was like, it's like almost like I was saved through comedy, which was something I was running away from for a while. Cause I really loved comedy for a long time, but I was like, oh, I could never do this. And then I just like, you know, met one of like my best friends who I'm best friends with now. And he uh, and I became like writing partners. And I just like for the first, and it was when we met too, it's such a like meet cute, but for best friends, uh, he's very straight. <laughs> um, and I'm very gay. So, which we should see more of. We should see oh, more of these like straight guy, uh, lesbian relationships. I think it'd be very fun. So Hollywood, <laughs> but we both got a gig at MTV and we met in the elevator and uh, we both kind of like had on, we both had on hats. We both like had our, we were both gripping our backpacks like the same way. And he was just very like, you here for the, the writing thing? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You? He goes, yeah, yeah, me too. And they like let us out. They, like, when the elevator opens, this assistant brings us into a room. And either we were really early or everyone was really late, but we had the room to, to ourselves for 30 minutes. And we just started riffing. And it was one of those things where we were just, we were like taking shots at each other. We were like razzing each other. We were spinning in our chairs. We were like, oh my God, look at us. We're at the Viacom building. Like we're on top of the world. We're so rich, you know, we're just like having all these fun moments. And that was like one of those moments that I was just like, whoa, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Mm. And this guy doesn't give a shit. And we're like acting like we've known each other for years. And that was like a big moment for me when I realized it's like, oh, I'm, actually finally being myself and then you know and our relationship has continued to grow and uh and i'm you know proud to say we are getting married um <laughs> we're both though he's gay now and i'm straight i don't know we're getting married so um <laughs> no we're not getting married but we are um how does but, your girlfriend feel about this <laughs> uh, well it's, she's it's fine i think it's we fine. need a, i think we need part two for uh yeah for that exactly exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, but, that, that, that thruple video on your Instagram just took an odd twist. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to watch the thruple video, you're yeah. going to have to go to my Instagram. But um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think that was like a big moment for me and everything was like aligning. And then I just kind of kept going 
you know, I was like no longer scared to just kind of like open my mouth and say things and be who I was. And that was, it was awesome. Yeah. And when you start doing that, that's when the world, that the opportunities start arising and the right people start showing up because you are who you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to be doing and on the path that you're supposed to be on. Yeah. They may be the president of Viacom that day. It's actually kind of (laughs) crazy. (laughs) So I'm still, I'm actually the president of Viacom. So well, we're so honored. Thank you. And I have so much work to do. So So that being said, we got to get, let the president get back to work. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sophie, thank you so much. Uh, We look forward to uh, seeing what more comes in in the world that you're creating and, uh, and look forward to sharing your book with, with, with everyone else. So thanks so much. Thanks. Can I, uh, can I say where people can find me? We're going to have it all. You can, you can say it as well too. Oh, if you're going to do it, then I don't need to do it. You're going to say it. If you're going to say it, I was also just going to say, I have music um, besides, you know, all the other stuff. I do have music that I've been dropping that's on Spotify. um, And I keep dropping some, some fun comedy songs. So if you want to go and check out my Spotify, you can check it out and you can just type in Sophie Santos. I think there might be more than one. You can also check out through my Instagram, which is Sophie E. Santos, where everything will be found. But this is going to be a repeat. So can't wait for you to just hear me rattle for no reason. <laughs> Thank you both. We're going to have links um, for, for, for Sophie as well. But yeah, you got it. You got it straight from Sophie. So even better. So Sophie, thanks again. And uh, Thank you both. have a great week. Yeah. Okay, thanks so thanks. much for being here. Of course. Sophie's hilarious and heartfelt memoir, The One You Want to Marry and Other Identities I've Had, is available now from Topple Books on Amazon. Anyone who has ever struggled some way in life to fit in will relate, find laughter, and encouragement in this inspiring book. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and to learn more about Sophie and to get links to her book, you can visit her profile page on our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk Out Loud. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate us, and share with a friend. You can also follow us on social media at Talk Out Loud Live. To catch up on past episodes and learn more about our past guests, visit our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. You can also get your official Talk Out Loud gear in our online store and browse our online bookstore curated with our guests' recommended books. Thanks again for listening. And remember, be true, be you, and to talk out loud.